Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Spots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but at worst, we'll deliver mediocre wrestling content, but we'll sprinkle in some conspiracy theories for dad jokes, you know, so we still get over it. I am your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here with you on this journey, and today that journey will be some wrestling Russian roulette with Miss Rain Cruz. And remember, here at Botch Spots and Chair Shots, we're calling in the ring from all the angles. All right, everyone, we're excited about our next guest. You'll recognize her as a special guest ring announcer from SummerSlam, Rain Cruz. Rain, welcome to Botch Spots and Chair Shots. How are you? I am doing good. How are you? So far, so good. It's been an interesting day getting ready to settle in and watch some NWA. They've got a great pay-per-view tonight. Um, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the TikTok process. How was that? And how was it like finding out you won? You know, the first thing is when I first found out it was on TikTok, my initial reaction was, Oh my God, it's on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok. <laughs> of course it's on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Great. Um, so I had to download TikTok. I had used it before, but because I didn't, I wasn't sure how to like kind of like navigate it. I had to uninstall it. And then so for the contest, I had to create a TikTok account to join the contest. And when I found out that I won, I remember seeing the message that I had won and I literally just like went down on the floor, like crying, like I won the lottery, basically crying. And my husband was like, what is going on? Are you okay? Because <laughs> it was so random. It was literally like I was on my phone. Next thing I know, I was just like on the floor crying. And I just, I could not speak. I just showed him my phone and he saw the message that I had won. And he knew that it was something that I really, really wanted to win. And um, so he could understand like the emotion, like how shocked I was and at the same time, just like overwhelmed that, yeah, I was the winner, so. That's awesome. You sound like you have a, a you know, some, some deep passion for professional wrestling. Have you always been a fan? Yeah, actually, I, I became a fan in 2006, right before I moved to the United States from the Philippines. Oh, very cool. Okay, what was that like? Was there a, a big transition for you coming over? How old were you when you made the move, if you don't mind me asking? I was 18. Oh, wow, okay. Nice. Yeah. So you'd spent a, a big chunk of your life there. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is that when I moved here, wrestling made me feel at home, which is weird because you know, I, you know, wrestling is basically like, you know, produced here, but somehow it made me feel at home because when I was in the Philippines, when I started watching it, I was watching it with my grandma and my grandpa and basically my family. So to me, when I moved here, that was like my form of like, when I felt homesick, I watched wrestling and I felt comforted somehow because I felt like I was with my family again, watching it. And then at the same time, that's how I built my community here. Um, you know, I would wear a wrestling shirt um, and go to school and people see me and they're like, oh, that's a John Cena shirt. And that's, a, that's how I started making friends here. Um, and at the same time, it helped me learn English. Now in the Philippines, part of the curriculum when you go to school is to learn English. But as for my experience, you know, I learned English but I never used it at home. I just use it at school. So when I moved here, I was kind of struggling to talk to people. I was struggling how to understand people. 
Um, so wrestling also helped me in terms of like training my brain, training my ears, to, like listen to English. So there's a lot of things as to why I'm just like attached to it because, you know, it really connected with me in so many different levels. That's awesome. When I grew up watching wrestling, the same thing. It was with my grandmother waking up Saturday morning, Saturday nights, watching main event, like seeing the early 90s stuff with the old NWA guys, Ric Flair and those guys. It was a lot. I, I feel like there's a lot of that nostalgia factor for all of us no matter what stage in life, we always seem to have that connection to someone that got us into professional wrestling. So like for you and I both, it was our grandmothers, ironically. Um, do you have a favorite superstar, old or new, that you just love to watch? Oh, God. Uh, one of them would be John Cena. Uh, my top favorites are John Cena and Batista. Because like when I first started watching wrestling, uh, I, John Cena was the first one that I, I saw like when I was flipping through the channels and I saw him and I was like, what are they doing? I, I just knew it was Monday Night Raw. I can't remember the match. All I knew is that it was John Cena. And I, I just got, it just got me hooked. And um, so I've been kind of like watching, um, at that time he was, uh, I think he was in a feud with Edge, I believe. It was in 2006, yeah. And at the same time, Dave Batista was also kind of becoming like the big guy on SmackDown and he's half Filipino, so back home in the Philippines we're all like crazy about Dave Batista because you know he has like a Philippine flag tattoo on his arm and for all of us he's just representing us so That's those awesome. are my favorite wrestlers um do you have like an earliest memory like when you very first started something you were just mentioning the the John Cena with Edge uh, rivalry do you have any early memories that really just stand out in your mind like the ones that just really like got you Ooh, like in terms of like a wrestling match Do you want to do you want to redo that? No, here you're good. Let's roll. <laughs> I like the real life. <laughs> dropping my phone here. Um, yes, yeah, so in terms of a match, um, God, you know what? What I can, uh, what got stuck in my head as a new fan back in 2006 was when Trish Stratus retired. Her match against Lita. Uh, it was in Toronto, Canada. And mind you, this was still in the Philippines when I was watching this. My father took me to the to a movie theater just so I could watch a pay-per-view. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, because like for you to be able to watch it live, you have to go to a movie theater in the Philippines, at least back in that time, like in 2006. I don't know how they watch it in the Philippines at, at this moment uh, in terms of pay-per-views, but back when I was still there around 2006, you have to go to a movie theater at like nine o'clock in the morning to... <laughs> to watch a WWE pay-per-view but I just remember watching uh, Trish Stratus and, against Lita and I could just feel like the emotion of um, just her it seems like you know I, I've always loved her but at the same time I can tell she's just like okay I'm doing my one last final hurrah uh, against someone who's also great and you know she went out as a champion so I remember looking at her and, and just like in awe, like, oh my gosh, she did all of that. And then she left as a champion. I'm a, I'm a huge Lita fan. One of my all-time favorite matches is the TLC2 match between Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, WrestleMania 17. Trish comes out and helps the, you know, or not Trish, I'm sorry, Lita comes out and helps the Hardy Boys. One of my favorite matches of all time. Um, she get the, the, the feud between them and Rhino, like, 
I absolutely loved that. So talking about those two while we're on the women's division, um, with it growing and just becoming its own entity again, with the return of Becky Lynch, are you excited to see her in the title picture? And is there anybody specifically that you're interested in seeing her work with? Ooh. So, okay. I, I love Becky Lynch. I, I love for her to be champion again. I, I, I just think that there are other superstars that also deserve the title. Uh, deserve to be in the title picture. Um, one of them would be Liv Morgan. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I really think that she deserves to be, you know, in a title picture, or at least in a title run. Um, I, I have a high respect towards Becky Lynch, um, but I'm also about, hey, just because someone makes a return doesn't mean you get handed a title right away. Um, you know, other people might have a different opinion about that, but to me, it's like, okay, you know, you've been kind of gone for a while, at least work your way back into the scene. Um, so for me, I'm excited for Becky Lynch because, you know, she always like brings like her A game anyway. But I do think that there are other women, um, you know, let's just you know, talk about WWE, um, for example, there are other women out there that I think should at least deserve or, or be in that title picture, um, at least in my, in my honest opinion. Well, I'm just out of curiosity, the night of SummerSlam, I was personally kind of along the same lines. I'm happy for Becky Lynch. She's back. She returned. I also feel kind of bad for Bianca Belair because she got squashed. She had built mm -hmm. up everything since WrestleMania. She had the top of the game, arguably the biggest superstar in the company, not just women's division, but across the board, one of the biggest stars in the company. And then because of who Becky Lynch is, she just walks in and just kind of gets handed what Bianca had worked to get. So I felt like I was a little bit disappointed with that booking of it, but like, I think you and I are kind of on the same page there. I felt like versus that they could have built a program back with her and had her have a couple matches and build back up before getting to the title picture, maybe build to Bianca and Becky at like uh, survivor series or something, you know, versus having a three minute squash match that nobody's going to remember now. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Cause like, I felt like, okay, first we all, we were, we were all hyped about Bianca versus Sasha, like rematch at SummerSlam, right? That didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, Becky came back and again, it's a great thing. But, you know, like I said, I was hoping that maybe Bianca could have, you know, won against Sasha Banks again, successfully retained her title. And then here comes Becky Lynch. I feel like that would help Bianca as well to kind of like solidify her status as a WWE superstar. Um, that would help with her story and how she is or she was as a champion um, versus kind of like losing her title, you know, just like that. All right, let's roll into SummerSlam now. When you got to Vegas, did you guys have a chance to really do anything in the city while you guys were there? Did you just get like rolled straight into the, the stadium and just straight to work? We got there Friday night. And as much as I wanted to like do stuff, Kind of like walk around you know because we were in las vegas anyway and honestly a week before that my my husband and i celebrated our first uh wedding anniversary we got married oh, that's in vegas. awesome congratulations thank you that's awesome <laughs> um as much as i wanted to do stuff like my husband's like do you want to do this and that and i said nope I, I cannot be tired i cannot you know i cannot like 
I have to be in my A game the next day, which is SummerSlam. And at the same time, I wanted to find another dress. I did have dresses with me already uh, packed when we went to Vegas. Um, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't comfortable with like the stuff that I brought. So we were, it was like maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We were like out, like looking for a dress <laughs> and, <laughs> and like some shoes. And even though I already had some, cause in my head, I was just telling him, I need options. I need options. Like, what if they don't like this dress and that dress and da, 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 da. And the next thing you know, you know, I showed up Saturday with my, so the way you guys like saw me on Saturday, that's how I show up at my events. Like, that's like my style. Like I don't really wear dresses to my events uh, just cause in the indie scene, it's like, sometimes I feel like, you know I don't have like a room to like get ready and all that. And so I just usually show up like, like that, you know and then afterwards you have to help with cleanup. So to me, I don't wanna do that wearing a dress. So anyway, <laughs> I showed up the way I did at SummerSlam and I remember telling them, hey, you know I got a bunch of dresses. Um, do you guys need me to change? And then they're like, no, just, this is fine. Which is, which really worked out well for me. Cause I was like, okay, you guys like my stuff. Cool. Thank you. But yeah, that was, that's what we did the night before SummerSlam. Just looking for a dress, looking for shoes. Um, and then the next morning we had to be at the stadium early at like 8.45. So we didn't really have like the time to like, you know, go around. Cause like the, the day after SummerSlam, they flew us back to California um, at like eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So that was a quick turnaround for you then. So it, yeah, it really was a quick turnaround. Um, but, you know, the whole experience already at SummerSlam kind of like, it, it was what, it was just basically what we needed anyway. <laughs> we can always go back to Vegas, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So the whole SummerSlam experience, it was just like, it was, like a lot, but at the same time, it was it was so good. Nice. When you were backstage getting ready and everything, did you cross paths with anybody that just kind of left you awestruck? Did you have that like starstruck moment to be like, that's there, that person is right in front of me? Like, was there that moment for you? Oh my God, many times. And and, and it's mostly because I couldn't believe that they took their time to congratulate me and tell me, hey, you did a great job. They didn't have to do that. Like, for example, uh, Molly Holly, uh, Beth Phoenix. Like, I remember after I rehearsed, because they gave me time to at least kind of know where to go in the ring. Um, you know, I, had, I was able to practice like once and kind of like, so that way I know where to look camera wise and how loud I should get like with the microphone and everything. Um, but yeah, after the rehearsal, I remember getting out of the ring. Molly Holly walks up to me. Congratulations. Great job, la la la. And in my head, I knew it was her. I just wasn't sure because of the mask. And I think she saw like the confused look. And then, but she also said, "I'm Nora." And in my head, I think it's Molly Holly. And I no, I was like, "That, that you are Molly Holly." But I was just like processing it because in, in my head, you walked up to me to congratulate me. Like, who am I? <laughs> you know, who am I for for this for this? person this like wrestling legend to like walk up to me I was just mostly shocked you know same thing with Beth Phoenix um you know she congratulated me and um she saw like the confused look on my face too because uh, again with like the mask you can't tell who you're talking to she pulls her mask down she's like because she first said I'm Beth 
And I was thinking of my old coworker, Beth, for some reason. Like, how did you get here, Beth? That's all I had in my head. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then she pulls her mask down and she said, Beth Phoenix. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. Yes, of course I know you. <laughs> but it was just that whole thing of like, they all made me feel comfortable. They made me feel welcomed. I did not feel like I didn't belong. Which is weird because, you know, I'm basically new there, you know, like, um, so to me, it's like the fact that they made me feel comfortable and, you know, they walked up to me and introduced themselves to me, you know, I, that was really nice. Uh, when I met Triple H, he said, just have fun, enjoy the moment. And I'm glad he said that because that's exactly what I did. I just had fun and I enjoyed the moment. Oh, that's awesome. So since you mentioned Triple H, he was on a short list of people I was curious about you meeting. Did you have a chance to meet Vince? No, I did not. No, I was I did I not. always hear the stories about how he's sometimes hard to, to nail down on days of shows. So I was <laughs> curious if you had a chance to, to get face to face with the boss man. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think it's because it's such like a busy event for them. Because I yeah. saw Stephanie there too, but she was like talking to some people and um but Triple H, he kind of like made his way to the ring and uh, when I was waiting for my turn to rehearse. And uh, so that's how I got to meet him. Um, so basically I was able to meet people who were kind of like close to my vicinity just because oh. everyone's just like busy. Um, you know, maybe one day I'll get to meet Vince and I'll come back to your podcast and tell you. So the day of the show, after you're done, you get to do your ring announcing, everything's finished, all said and done. Did you have a chance to enjoy the show as a fan? Like, were you able to, to see it and enjoy it and be there in the moment as a fan? Or was it just all part of the hustle of the day? I had the moment to enjoy the, the show because they sat us like literally like ringside. Oh, that's um, awesome. Right behind um, the announcers, which is really cool because Mike Rome and Greg Hamilton Again, they didn't have to do it, but they're so nice to me. They would still give me some advice like throughout the show. And in my head, like, you guys are working, like you focus on your show. But you know, to me, I was just like, you know, in my head, like just like, okay, keeping notes of like what they're telling me. That was really nice. Um, but yeah, I oh my God, just being able to sit that close, it was really amazing. Uh, I would hear Roman Reigns just like talk trash to the people, John Cena hyping up everyone. And I'm a big John Cena fan. So that to me was like, oh my God. What's crazy is that when John Cena came back uh, at Money in a Bank, I had thought of going to SummerSlam and literally just buying nosebleed seats. Because I was like, oh my God, John Cena's back. Who's going to SummerSlam? Let's go get nosebleed seats. <laughs> but I didn't do it because I was supposed to work that day. So I was like, ah, fine, I'm not going to SummerSlam then. And then the contest happened. <laughs> you end up there. So, so that's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to SummerSlam after all. But yeah, it, it was so amazing to just be able to like, they, they gave me the chance to like sit ringside, watch the show, enjoy the show um, as a fan. And so I it, it, it's really nice that I got to like do something that I love to do before the show started. Um, and then, you know, I got to like sit ringside and watch the show afterwards. That's awesome. Was, uh, have you been to a previous live event or a pay-per-view before? Yes. Um, 
actually, I, I remember my, I told myself that when I uh, moved to the States that my very first show, I have to be ringside. Now I, there are, ringside is really vague. I guess floor seats are really vague, you know, when you buy floor seats. I remember buying my first ringside, supposedly ringside ticket. I was like a few rows behind people and I'm tiny. <laughs> so I remember thinking to myself, man, I can't see. I'm like, I bought these tickets, but I can't see. I'm tiny. So like the guys right next to me, they're like, you can just stand on your chair. Like, you know, we got you. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a no way out in Las Vegas um, back in 2008, I believe. Yes, 2008. That was my very first live event. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about it. You had mentioned before the indie scene. You sounded natural on the mic. Have you done some ring announcing in your past? So um, for the indie scene, I just started uh, working in the indie scene this year. Nice. Um, my original gimmick is just literally just the reporter, like asking questions to the wrestler. So my very first event, that's what I did. I went to my second event in March of this year, drove four hours to get there. And I told the promoter, hey, so who am I going to interview? And he said, oh, we canceled the interview. And in my head, oh, God, we drove four hours <laughs> to get here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, can I do something else? And then he said, we don't have a ring announcer. So I said, can I try? And he's like, sure. And then uh, next thing I know, I ring announced the whole night. And every time he had a show here in California, or yeah, here in um, California, because um, that one was in Arizona. And then every, so now every time he has a show here in California, he would book me as a ring announcer. So up until SummerSlam, SummerSlam was basically my seventh ring announcing event. I've, I've done 11 events total, uh, you know, like working uh, an event. But SummerSlam, I believe, was my seventh ring announcing event. I mean, that's pretty great for the resume, right? Like top 10 shows of all time and you just happen to do SummerSlam. Like that's, that's <laughs> a pretty solid little gig there, right? <laughs> and it, you know, to think that it came from like a happy accident. Like we canceled your segment. Um, here, can you ring announce? It's like, cool. And I just remember loving it. I was like, man, I can't. It's mostly because the whole... Um, thing of I didn't know I can do it and the fact that I to me it's more of like oh my god I could do this thing no way can I do it again so it's more of that the excitement of just like I found out there is something that I can do and I love doing it so now you know when I go to like other shows actually book me now as a ring announcer versus uh like someone who would interview the wrestlers so which is really good because I love doing it Nice. What made you decide, since you said you just started this year, what made you decide to start pursuing it, like just to get into the business? Um, so when I was watching wrestling in the Philippines, I just remember telling myself, I love this thing. How do I get to do that or at least be in that industry? And in my, my head was just like, okay, I love TV production. So my background, my professional background is mostly in TV production. So I figured, okay, well, maybe they'll hire me as a production crew or whatever. Um, obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> so um, fast forward to 2019, you know, that dream of being a part of wrestling just never died. And I remember 
thinking to myself, well, what else can I do? And I was like, well, maybe I can try. My husband just randomly suggested, well, why can't you be a manager? And like, you know, and then um, I remember at that time, Oscar was a baby face at that time. And then I just thought of, well, what if Oscar is a heel? That's how I started my videos on YouTube wherein I was basically Oscar's manager as a heel. And so that was 2019. And then I started creating my wrestling recap videos, which ironically, my very first one was of SummerSlam 2019. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so to me, I was just trying to find ways to kind of put myself out there. Like if they can't hire me as a production crew, you know, to work for them, maybe they'll see me in a different light and maybe they can hire me as a character. Um, so fast forward to last year during the pandemic, um, there is a school here called Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, and they had an online class where you get to learn the psychology of wrestling, how matches are made, character development, how to do promos. I went, uh, I took that class and I met a bunch of amazing people. And one of them introduced me to my very first promoter um, at Orange County Championship Wrestling. And luckily I did all those videos on YouTube back in 2019. So basically I ended up building my, in a sense, resume in a sense, you know, like you have like a bunch of videos. So he saw my YouTube, he saw what I can do. And then that's how he said, do you want to be like a reporter for Orange County Championship Wrestling and get you to do inter interviews with the guys after they're done with their matches? I was like, all right, cool. So that's how it led me to working in the indie scene. Because to me, um, you know, one thing is, okay, I know where I want to go. I know my goal, but I need to like figure out steps to make it to that goal. And being able to make it to the indie scene, I feel like it's a good practice for me to, you know, for the bigger goal that I have in my head. That's exciting for somebody for me, the old school territory days, it's still exciting to hear people talk about making their tapes and having people watch their tapes for you. It's your YouTube videos. But mm -hmm. I mean, 35 years ago, it was guys that legitimately would have people record their matches on old VHS tapes so they could send them to promoters to try to get on, you know, get in the ring, get TV time, whatever they could do. So it's kind of cool that that's still part of the process today that you had that to, to kind of build it up to, to get those guys to see. That's kind of a a cool new school and old school combination for the two. So that's super awesome. Um, so playing fantasy Booker, do you have anybody that you would love to have a chance to ring announce like a match that would come out or knowing that you've had a chance to interview, maybe somebody you'd like to have a chance backstage to, to cut a, a shoot promo with. Oh God. You know, my fantasy, like uh, ring announcing uh, match would be honestly John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Like I love doing that when I was recording my videos for the TikTok contest. It wasn't even a part of the TikTok videos that WWE um, told you know people to do because they had like to do it with WWE. Um, that John Cena, Bianca Belair, The Undertaker. But for me personally, I recorded a video of me introducing John Cena and in Roman Reigns, and I just remember doing that, and I was like, oh my god, I hope. Somehow, some way, I get to ring announce their names like one day. Because especially like with that character of Roman Reigns as a tribal chief, it just gets me into that like really dramatic moment. And I feel like I can like really 
give justice to the whole reigning, defending or whatever. So, and plus, you know, John Cena, like I said, big fan of his. So it'll be really cool to kind of like ring announce like someone that I've you know, basically got me into wrestling. So. Okay. Um, playing, playing devil's advocate here. So looking at the attitude area, you had a, the rock. He was the, for a long time, he was the baby face, very much the, the head of the Mayavia family. And now you look and you've got Roman Reigns playing the Hill version of that as the head of the table. Like if you had to pick between one or the other, who do you think you would go with more in the character wise? Like, do you think that the rocket is prime in the attitude era versus Hill Roman Reigns now as head of the table? Who do you think would have the upper hand here between those two? Because there's so many similarities between the two characters, just one's a baby face and one's a heel. Oh, God, that's a hard question. Um, God, you know, I'd say The Rock just because, number one, like his character alone is like really strong. Like he doesn't need like people behind him to kind of like make it look like, you know, I'm the head of the table. You, you see The Rock and you're like, okay, that's the rock. That's like the head of the table, you know? He doesn't need anybody else to be a part of his entourage, basically. Um, Roman Reigns, like his character right now, I love it. I love the whole tribal chief character. I mean, I love him as a heel. Um, so it, it's hard for me to decide because like if, if it's a baby face and a baby face doing the same character, then maybe I'll say, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll go with the rock. But um, I love Roman Reigns as a heel as well. But I think, uh, yeah, I'll go with The Rock just because I feel like he pioneered that character in a sense. <laughs> so uh, I'll go with The with the Rock. That's awesome. I, I completely agree. I feel like he was in his own right. He didn't have to have, like you said, he didn't have his minions. He didn't have the Usos. He didn't have a mouthpiece like Paul Heyman. Because when it comes down to it, Paul's still doing a lot of the print, like... <clears throat> He cuts that stuff for Roman. And then you have the Usos who kind of build his character, whereas The Rock kind of carried it all by himself. He was an all-encompassing unit. He could work in the ring. He could cut a promo. He wore the belt proud. Like, you knew he looked like a world champion. Roman looks like a world champion, too. But, like, when you think about it now, we've got those guys. You've got a Bobby Lashley. You've got a Roman Reigns. Like, guys that genuinely – a Karrion Cross even, from NXT, and now mm -hmm. Samoa Joe. Guys that look like world champions. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, let's uh, finish up when we, as we wrap up. Do you have anything coming up on the books for you as far as like the independent scene or any shows you've got coming that you want to spit out there for us? Oh, thank you for this. Uh, yeah, I do have shows in September. Uh, you guys can see me uh, on September 4th, first time ever uh, live at the OCCW Dojo in Orange County. September 12, Mind Games. It's at American Legion Post 716 in Orange County, California. Uh, I have another one on September 24th, Friday night's main event presented by Venue Wrestling Entertainment. And I have one on, I believe it is September 18th for Gold Coast uh, Wrestling Federation. Not mistaken if that's sub September 18th, that Saturday. Look at my calendar. Yes, it is September 18th for the Gold Coast Federation also at the OCCW Wrestling Dojo. So all of that, I will be posting uh, more information on my social media pages, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Ringside Rain with an E. I'm also on TikTok, same handle, and on YouTube as well, at Ringside Rain. Well, that's awesome, Rain. I'm really super glad that you had a chance to come on for us. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you. I'm going to take a chance to look up some of those independent shows. Like I said, I'm still a huge fan of that scene. So to, to find out that you're involved in it too, that's super cool because you don't really see a lot of that anymore. It seems like everybody wants the big shows or nothing. So to still have boots on the ground at the independent shows, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, for me, it's like my, it's my, I'm the rookie basically in the indie scene and I love seeing how it works. Um, you know, obviously I feel like it's more work than, you know, like big shows. Cause like after the event, we have to do a cleanup and all that. Uh, I remember, um, being at SummerSlam and I saw a bunch of chairs and in my head, we're not folding the chairs, right? <laughs> Cause at the indie scene, we have to like fold the chairs, which I don't mind, you know, we all do it as a team, but I just remember thinking of that in my head, like, okay, we're not folding the chairs here. Um, but no, yeah, I, I love the indie scene, um, you know, especially you get that close to the action, um, the wrestlers get into your face, basically. And for me as well, you know, I, I see the crowd, I get to hype them up, I get to kind of feel like their emotions. So yeah, it, it's such a it's such a cool experience to be a part of. All right, that's awesome. I appreciate you so much for coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to chat soon again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Pots and Chair Shots, I'd like to take this chance to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to go to wherever you pick your favorite podcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Jeez, you have so many options, people. Take a minute to like, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are or how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and helps us find new listeners. It gets our word out there. So make sure to follow us at BotchBots and Chair Shots on Twitter and Instagram. I am your host, V. Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.